Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. Hey everybody, it's Luke Savanter here, and it is November 15th, and I am very, very pleased to be able to share with you today. Um, Whether you're at a home church or whether you're watching online at a different date, just know that we are happy you're joining us today, and we hope you take something great out of what I get to share with you today. So collectively, we as a group of people in all of North America, and in fact around the world, are on week 39 of probably the 39 hardest consecutive weeks we faced in the last decade. We've had to go through lockdowns because of COVID-19. We've had to go through job loss. We've had to go through personal family loss, possibly sickness, wage reductions, everything. It's been a tough 39 weeks. I get that and you get that. But I have a prescription for that pain. I have a prescription for that toughness. And that's faith. Through the last couple of weeks, us as a lead team, we've been going through with you guys the book of Hebrews. We started off in Hebrews chapter 1. We've worked our way through 1, 4, 8. Now we're on 11. And I get to share with you about chapter 11. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, if you don't know, is commonly referred to as the faith book of the Bible. The word faith, or its derivative faithfulness, has been used over 20 times in this chapter alone. Now, there's only 40 verses, so more than one time per every two verses, the word faith or faithfulness is used. It also walks us through the forefathers of our faith, the stalwarts, the bellwethers, the juggernauts in the Old Testament, and shows us that the struggles they went through, they were able to walk through with faith in Christ and faith in God. We start off with Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 3 and I'm reading from the ESV version and it goes to say, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the words of God so that, what, so that what is seen was not made. If we read it from the New King James Version, it kind of changes it up a little bit. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I wanted to share those two versions for you because they add different context to how you read it. It's the substance or it's the assurance. So when we look at the word substance, that gives us a grounding. And when we look at the word assurance and we apply that to faith, we have an assurance through our faith of what God has already done. God takes what we cannot see and we cannot understand and he uses it to make good on his own word. And we read that all through the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We look at Abraham. When Abraham was given a word by God that he is going to be a father of many nations. And if you're a Christian today, you are part of that lineage. Abraham was old. Like, I'm talking old. And his wife, Sarah, just as old. They should not have been able to have kids. But God gave them a promise, and they had to walk through that with faith. They didn't see that full promise come to fruition. But they had faith in that the promise of God with their son Isaac would be the lineage that would become you and me being here today. It's that faith that they had of the things unseen like we read in Hebrews 11.1. 1. 
right? If we keep going, faith is based on what we know of God, relying on Him for the things we do not know. Godly faith looks forward from an eternal perspective and from what comes from obedience, we ev- even when we're facing hardships. So Abraham, if we're going to stay on him, because he is mentioned dozens of times in this book, he had hardships that he had to face. He had to fight wars. He had to leave his family in the land he knew to walk into the promise of what God has given him. Sometimes you and I are going to face hardships. Like I started off this sermon today talking about COVID. We faced hardships of job loss. We faced hardships of income reduction, even though we have a job. We faced hardships of our kids not being able to go to school and us having to find things that we can do with them or that they can do to keep them active, keep them motivated as young children. In fact, just this week, we have new hardships coming on where we have a two-week memorandum of sports being played that now your kids are going to be at home even more. We've had hardships of, like I said, job loss or worse comes worse, personal loss where we've lost a loved one, whether through COVID or whether through some other time at this period in our lives. But through faith, we can walk forward through that and know that God is still working in our midst. When we walk with a godly perspective of faith, are, are we going to keep that vision of what he's talked to us, showed us, or are we going to rely on our own efforts? So I want to ask you that question right now. Through all the hardships that's gone on in these last 39 weeks, do we walk through faith and the assurance of what God has said to us, or do we rely on our own efforts? That's actually a harder question for me to answer too because I know that I rely on my own efforts. I know I take my eyes off of what God has said, the promises that he's made because I can't see them. I can't see them coming to fruition right now and I do it myself. I go and work harder. I go and try harder. I sin more because I'm trying more with, by myself without relying on Christ. So when we rely on our own efforts... We're putting our faith not in the God who created everything, not in the God who had promises for the Old Testament and the New Testament, but in ourselves. And I'll tell you this, your faith in yourself and my faith in myself, while we may think it is great and it is high and we can do anything, it sucks. We, we're not as good as we think we are. But when we put our faith in Christ, when we put our faith in the creator of this universe, we have an assurance to know that it will come to fruition. Now, I want to go through a couple examples of of what faith is. Faith is responsive. So your faith and my faith, it is responsive. It is persistent and it is dependent. So sticking with Abraham, it's responsive. God called Abraham to leave his family and through faith, he responded and left. It is persistent. Abraham had to travel a ton to get to where God was going. But he persisted through faith, knowing that he will be a father of many nations, knowing that he has a promised land because God promised it to us. And through that, he persisted by laying up his tent, not being able to see the groundwork that God was laying in front of him, that God was laying for the footwork for Jerusalem in the, in the future, but he persisted through it all through faith. And it's also dependent. Abraham had to depend on God. 
And what I mean by that is not just leaving his family, not just being a father of many nations, that him and his wife, Sarah, in their old age will be able to have a child, and then that child will have more children. But he also had to be dependent on God when God asked him to sacrifice his child, his only son, the one who all of his lineage would come from. He had to depend on God that when he took him up and laid him on an altar, that God would either do one of two things, that he would provide a sacrifice in his, in his place, or as the Bible tells us, that Abraham believed that even if he did strike his own son down, God would raise him up again. Now, that, of course, that's a foreshadow of what God did for us through Christ with his own son in striking his own son down and raising him up again so we can have eternal life with him. But Abraham had to be faithful through that choice. He had to have persistence, he had to have responsiveness, and he had to have dependency on God. Our own faith is dependent on God. When we walk through trials and tribulations like we're going through today, what, through COVID, or like we were going through five years ago with whatever you were dealing with, we have to be dependent on God with our faith, knowing that we can walk into his throne room at any given moment and worship him, knowing that our faith being dependent on him, he will give us those promises. And even if he doesn't, he's still God. So what does faith do for us? I got a couple key things. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down because when I was reading through this, I was doing some studying online. I found these and these were phenomenal. Faith conquers our fears. If we, go through, if we go through Hebrews chapter 11 a little bit further, I think it's around verse 6 or 7, it talks about Moses and his mother. Moses' mother had faith that her son would survive. Now, what she did in conquering her fears, she didn't fear what the king's edict, what Pharaoh's edict was for have every Israeli boy murdered. She, she did not fear that. She put him in a basket and sent him down the river. And then years, 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 years later, Moses freed the slaves, freed the Hebrew people from the grips of Pharaoh because his mom had faith that conquered her fear. Faith helps determine our options. So Moses, years, years later, when he's living a lavish life in the glory and glitz of the Pharaoh's palace, he had two options. He could stay where he was, or he could have faith in the God of his people and move to where God was showing him to go. And he took that option through faith. So faith helps drive and determine our options. Faith also helps sharpen our vision. When we have faith in the finished work of Christ, it sharpens our vision to where we're going. It sharpens our vision to let us know that I may mess up, but my faith isn't in myself. My faith is in what Christ has done for me. God and Ab sorry, Abraham had a vision from God. And through faith, that vision was sharpened. And that vision was walked out through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so on and so forth. But it wasn't without faith. And once again, I want to hammer on this point. Faith recognizes our dependence. It is through our faith in Christ that we understand that we are fully dependent on him and what he did as on the cross for you and me. Without that, 
We have nothing. It has nothing to do with what you and I did or do with the good deeds, the good words. Our faith is fully dependent on what Christ did. And last but not least, faith preserves. Examples from old, the Old Testament, the covenant faith like David, Solomon, Abel, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on, show us that in the midst of the most difficult times in our lives, faith allows us to continue to trust in God. It preserves us. When we walk in faith, we're walking in a preservation of grace. So where does this faith we have leave us? Do we hold on to Christ? Or like I said, do we work it for ourselves? Do we hold on to the promises he's given us? Or do we put our faith back in ourselves? Do we trust the investment that Jesus made for us? Or do we keep trying to earn our own salvation? Once again, Jesus never makes a bad investment. He died on the cross and his investment is good. His investment is eternal. So do we put our faith in that investment? Or once again, do we put our faith in our own good works? Because if we read through Romans, it tells us that our works are evil. So if we're going to put our faith in that, it won't be good enough. Our works are like filthy rags in the eyes of God. That's what the Bible says. That's not what Luke says. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Word of God says. But Christ's death makes us white as snow. So where do you put your faith? The book of Hebrews continues to show us just how foolish putting our faith in that second option would be. Because that's the old covenant option. Is our works, our sacrifice, bringing a lamb to the altar so we can sacrifice it for that year of atonement so God can forgive us of our sins. That's old covenant thinking. And we don't walk in the old covenant no more. We get to walk in the faith of what Christ has done in our new covenant relationship. So we don't want to go back to the ways of old. We don't want to go back to what the Israelites had to do because it wasn't good enough in the eyes of God. So are you going to go back to that? Because I don't want to go back to that. I don't want you to go back to that. Because we have something that's better. We have Jesus. And that's all we need. If we put our faith in Christ, that's all we need. We can look at the bad times in our life and we can see an eternal salvation. We can look at the struggles that we're going through and we can see fulfillment in Christ. The Old Testament martyrs of our faith, like I said, Solomon, Abraham, David, they didn't have what we have, but they had a faith in what God said. And now we get to walk in new covenant relationship because of the finished work of Christ. And that's the best thing. That's the best investment we can ever get. So the good news, like I said, is we get to see our faith in a different light. We no longer see our faith like the Old Testament heroes did in what God may do. We get to see our faith in what Jesus has done. Because that promise he made in the Old Testament was fulfilled once again, through Christ. So we don't have to approach God in temples. We don't have to approach God with 
sacrifice. We don't have to approach God with the unblemished dove or unblemished lamb. We can approach God because Jesus was unblemished. We can approach God in our daily lives because Jesus sacrificed himself for you and me. That's the promise that they had that we get to walk in because it was fulfilled in Christ. At the end of Hebrews chapter 11, if you read verse 40, it says, Since God has provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Now, that can sound a little bit confusing, but that is telling us that the day of perfection has come through Christ. So once again, since God has provided something better for us, what is that better? That's Jesus. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. That apart from Christ, you and I cannot be made perfect. So once again, that perfection is from Christ. This is that day the Old Testament, the Old Testament was talking about, is Christ. So I want to tie this all together with a nice bow um, for us today. Verse 1 again says, Faith is is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, or once again, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. If we go through the days that just keep getting harder and harder than they were normally, like we've been through these last nine months, with lockdowns, with joblessness, with death, with despair, with news reports telling us we're horrible because we have a family over for dinner. We walk through those and it gets tough. But our hope and our faith isn't in what we see in front of us today. Our hope and our faith and our trust is in Christ. So do you put your faith in the evidence of what God has done in other people's lives when you can't see it in yourself? Or do you put your faith in what you can do and see yourself? And I ask that question that way because sometimes we'll walk through our life and we'll see problems and struggles and anxieties and we can't see a way out. But we can see what God has done in other, persons, in other people's lives. And that ties right back into chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I can't see a way out from some of my struggles, but I can see what God did for somebody else, and that builds my faith. I, can't, I may not be able to see what path I need to take to deal with my sin, but I can see how God freed somebody else. And if God can free that person from sin, God can free me from sin. God can free you from sin. That's the assurance. That's the faith we get to walk in today. So are we going to be like the saints of old and hold on to the, what God has promised, even though it may not come to pass? Or are we going to turn back to our old ways before we knew Christ? I want to hold on to that promise. I want to hold on to that assurance. Even though I may not see the way through, I know God will take me there just like the Old Testament prophets, just like the Old Testament kings, just like the Old Testament juggernauts of our faith. They didn't see the finalization of that promise, but they had faith that Christ would bring them there. And it's because of Christ's perfect investment that we no longer have to worry about where we're going or how we're getting there. We don't have to rely on our good deeds. We don't have to rely on our sacrifice. We don't have to rely on anything else but what Christ has done to please God. Now, of course, 
I want to dive a little bit deeper on that one point quickly. When you are saved, you don't keep sinning because of what Christ has done. You change through the Holy Spirit. But your sins are no longer held against you. That's the perfect investment. That's what we're keying in on through Hebrews 1 through Hebrews 11 is that Jesus is the perfect investment in yours and my life and that that's what we need to cling on to. And that's the simplest thing we can do. We have to recognize that you and I are sinners and we need to repent of our sin and hang on to what Christ has done for us. So I want to take that moment right now and ask anybody watching this, if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, Make him Lord over your life today. Realize that you are a sinner just like I am. And that without Christ, we're going to spend eternity, se eternity separated from him. And making him Lord over your life doesn't just mean, mean your life's going to get better. It may, it may not. But it means you're going to be found perfect in the eyes of God. And that's the best gift. That's an eternal gift. And that's the best thing we can ever ask for. So once again, if you do not know who Jesus is, make November 15th that day or whatever day you're watching this. But make it today, the day you put your faith in Christ, the day that you say yes to what he has done on the cross and make him Lord over your life. And then after that, you get to remember the promise that he gives you that he will walk through your struggles. He will walk through your pains with you. He didn't abandon Peter, who he called his rock. He didn't abandon Paul. He didn't abandon his apostles. He walked with them. He will not abandon you just like he hasn't abandoned me when we put our faith in Christ. So I want to close today in prayer. And once again, if you need prayer for anything, message us on Facebook, leave a comment on YouTube, message us on Instagram. We have many different ways to get a hold of us. If you need prayer for anything, message us and we will pray for you. We will help you as much as we can. We want to be here for you to reach out to. So Lord, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for the, the, the ability that you've given us to not just rely on our own works, but we can rely on your finished work. Lord, that through you, our faith builds, Lord. That through our faith, we can have assurance to know that your promises you've made us will come to pass. Lord, thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord. And I pray for anybody who doesn't know you here today, Lord, that you just engulf their life, touch their heart, and soften their heart to your words, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we hope you have a great week and message us or if you need any help, if you need prayer or anything like that. Have a great day. Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.